that if he's your everything, then you don't really need anything else. Amen. I want you to go ahead and be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. It is my distinct honor and privilege. I've heard of Dr. David Garcia um, from down in Brooksville. He pastored Faith World there in Brooksville. And I heard it referred to very early on when I moved here as the Dome Church. So if you've ever been through Brooksville, that is the place. And he pastored there 30 years and is now in traveling ministry. And we're absolutely honored to have Dr. David Garcia with us this morning. Could you put your hands together and welcome him today? to the pulpit to minister the word. Thank you, Dr. David. Bless you, brother. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Jason, it's a real honor to be on your pulpit and in this church. I want to dedicate this message to all of the graduates, faculty especially, and family and friends. You have your notes in front of you. Do me a favor. Give me a wave. If you don't want notes, don't wave, all right? But I find, especially the older I get, you can only remember 5% of what you hear. How many of you have ever been in a service and you say, that was fantastic. What was that again? And you didn't write it down. Well, today you have a chance to write it down. When a blank comes up, just fill in the blank. Is that okay? That'll help you to remember I want to make you a promise. If you do what this message says, you will successfully serve Jesus. You will make over $300,000 more in your lifetime. I got your attention now. You will marry the one you want. Just make sure that you apply what you hear. I want to speak to you from the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, and Philippians 4. 13, you have it right there in front of you. Reading from the New King James, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, everybody say one one thing. One thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Let me address especially the graduates today. Don't stop whatever you do. Keep going and keep growing. There are two times when a person stops. The first time is when they're defeated. After a major defeat, people get discouraged. And they decide not to keep going. But the second time they stop is after a major victory. Because then they get complacent. And they say, I've arrived. Well, I want everybody to know, I challenge you to maintain your forward momentum And don't lapse into relaxation. Here's a life lesson. One of the greatest prizes of victory is the opportunity to do more. Say that with me. One of the greatest prizes of victory is the opportunity to do more. Today, you've achieved a great achievement. You've graduated from LCU. Now seize the opportunity to do more. 
a life lesson that I want you to have, and I put it down there for you. The more you do, the more you can do. John L. Mason, one of my mentors, said this. Perhaps it's a good thing that you haven't seen all your dreams come true. For when you get all you wish for, you will be miserable. To be reaching out, to remain unsatisfied, is the key to momentum. Repeat that with me. To be reaching out, to remain unsatisfied, is the key to momentum. Ask yourself. I want everybody to ask themselves. Ten years from today, what will I wish I had done now? Am I deliberately planning to be less than I'm capable of being? Am I willing to give up what I have in order to become what I could be? It was worth the trip here today just for that. Four things that we have to do to keep moving forward. Number one, I must decide. That would be a good place for you to write that in. Everybody say decide. decide. Say it again, decide. I must decide on pursuit. Say this with me. My decisions affect my destiny. Say it again. My decisions affect my destiny. What you decide today will affect you tomorrow. So if all you're deciding, decide on pursuit. That was Philippians 3, 12 to 13, worth repeating. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Several things here. Two, three key things. Number one, keep pursuing God. Keep pursuing God. Now you have most of the notes, but not everything. Pursue him with devotions to God. Everybody say devotions. Every day I have about a 45 minute devotion early in the morning. And then at night, Nellie and I we have another 35-minute devotion. And I don't miss. Devotions with God gives you two things. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We need intimacy with the Holy Spirit so we don't have problems out in the world. Secondly, it gives you... uh, We need... The only way... You develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit is daily devotions and Bible reading. Amen? We need more than just a little quick verse from a promise box. We need to get into the Word. Secondly, keep pursuing God by ministry to others. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? How many of you have been to Israel like I have? I've been there three times. Israel has two main bodies of water. One of those bodies of water, called the Sea of Galilee, there are birds flying, there are children playing, there's life there. The air smells fresh. The other one is called the Dead Sea. There are no birds there. There's no life there. You couldn't even drown in it if you wanted to because the buoyancy level is so high. What is the difference? The same Jordan River flows into both of them. But Galilee receives the Jordan and then it gives it out. The Dead Sea receives and receives and receives and never gives out. So are you a Galilee Christian or a Dead Sea Christian? (laughs) Thirdly, readers are leaders. I agree with John Maxwell. Keep reading. I don't like to read. Make yourself read. 
Keep pursuing growth. Everybody say growth. growth. Say it again, growth. growth. You never stop growing. Now, I realize I'm speaking to some people. Say, well, I graduated high school in 19, whatever. And uh, I don't need to study anymore. You are robbing yourself. Grow in the following five ways. Keep growing spiritually. You need to keep growing spiritually. When you hear Pastor Jason preach, take notes. If you have a question, shoot him a text. What did you mean by that? Never leave. Never let a week go by without asking what did that mean so you keep growing. Grow not only spiritually but mentally. Keep growing, expanding yourself. Grow socially. Make new friends. Don't keep hanging out with the same old, same old. Welcome meeting new people. Grow educationally. I want to challenge you. You've graduated LCU or some of you are going to graduate. Keep going and grow physically. Okay? Keep pursuing God. Keep pursuing growth. Keep pursuing your giftedness. You need to find out what your gifts are. Let go of whatever makes you stop. So I must decide on pursuit. Secondly, I must discern my purpose. Everybody say discern. How do you spell that? D-I-S-C-E-R-N. I must discern my purpose. That means I need to sense. I need to perceive. Sometimes you discern something before your mind understands it. I need to discern my purpose. Ask yourself, why are you here on planet Earth? Why do you have DNA nobody else has? Why do you have fingerprints nobody else has? Why? Because you have a purpose from God nobody else has. Philippians 3.12b, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Robert Burns said, the purpose of life is to have a life of purpose. Isn't that good? So purpose is the unique reason. Everybody say reason. Purpose is the unique reason for your being on earth in which you bless others and glorify God. Do you know your reason for being on earth? Because if you know your reason, you can bless other people, you can bless the kingdom of God. That's why you got DNA nobody else has. Fingerprints nobody else has. And you have a purpose that nobody else has. There are five things, five things, put your seatbelt on, five things that reveal my purpose. Look at me, everybody. There are so many people that go through life one day at a time. There's some good things about that, but they don't know where they're going. If you don't know why you're here, you won't know, what, you won't know where you're going and vice versa. So if you want to know your purpose, you need to ask yourself this. What gives me pleasure? Say that with me. What gives me pleasure? What do I like? What am I good at? Here's something I want you to note. Emphasize what you're good at. Don't emphasize what you're not good at. What do I do with what what I'm not good at? Glean and learn from other people and improve your weaknesses. Stay in the area of your strengths. Delegate your weaknesses. Ask people for your weaknesses. Amen? Amen. Secondly, what gives me pain? What hurts you and bothers you is the clue to why God has you on planet Earth. 
What am I grieved by? This is a key indication of why you are here on planet Earth. What am I good at? What am I grieved by? And the fifth thing that we need to ask ourselves is what gives me promotion? In other words, what gets me ahead? Two things to answer with what gives me promotion and gets me ahead. What is my passion? And what has God revealed to me in prayer? What is my passion? What are you excited about when you get up in the morning? See, passion will do more for you than all education. Passion will do more for you than friends will. You need to be excited about something. And what has God revealed to me in prayer? Well, Pastor Garcia, what do you mean by that? Well, it's obviously you don't pray. 99% of what God wants to tell you, he tells you in prayer through the word. Keep searching. Keep going. Let go of whatever makes you stop. And so the first thing we looked at is that I must decide on pursuit. Secondly, I must discern my purpose. Number three, I must determine to be persistent. Everybody say determine. Determine. Say it again, determine. I must determine to be persistent. Let me speak to all the teenagers here, all the young people, everybody under 25. Don't depend upon your friends or your parents to make you persistent. You need to ask God to make you determined to the things that God wants you for. Philippians 3, 13b says, forgetting the things that are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Philippians 4.13, crucify all of your excuses. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough people. Stop it. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. The root meaning of success means to persevere. To follow through. When the going gets tough, as somebody says, when the going gets tough, let the Holy Spirit make the tough get going. Life lesson. You will be judged by what you finish, not by what you start. There are a whole lot of starters in Florida. A lot of starters in the body of Christ. Very few finishers. Look at me. Be a finisher. Tell the person next to you, God wants you to be a finisher. Thirdly, 90%. Somebody say that with me. 90% of all failures result from people quitting too soon. If they'd have just hung in there a little longer, they'd have finished. Real story about the first time somebody, uh, 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 I was a female, tried to swim across the English Channel, which is 26 miles long. She was almost there, made it there three quarters, and somebody was rowing a boat near her, uh, rather a motorboat near her, and she kept saying, I can't make it, I can't make it anymore. And he says, keep going, you're almost there. Yeah, but you keep saying that. She goes, I can't. And when she stopped swimming, she stood up. She was only 30 yards from the finish line. That can be said about a lot of us. Everybody say persistence. Persistence ignores 
momentary setbacks. Say that with me, setbacks. Persistent ignores momentary setbacks. Paul said, forgetting the things which are behind. You need to forget all your past failures. By the way, forget the past victories too. Persistent, secondly, does not get overconfident with past accomplishments. Everybody say past. Don't get overconfident with past accomplishments. Need to remind yourself every time you achieve something, it was God who helped me to accomplish this. Without God, I can't stay married. Without God, I couldn't graduate. Without God, I can't preach. Without God, I can't do anything. Letter F, persistence requires focus. And broken focus is one of the main reasons for failure. That's a quote from Dr. Mike Murdoch. The number one reason for failure is broken focus. Here's a principle I'd like to give you. We will best achieve what we focus on. We will best achieve what we focus on and stay focused on. Letter G there. Persistence requires patience. Come on, say that with me. Patience. In other words, one battle at a time, one slice at a time. How do you eat a large fat pizza? One slice at a time. Remember my students in Zimbabwe, I told them, how do you eat an elephant? One slice at a time. How do you achieve all the goals in your life? One slice at a time. Life lesson. You will always uncover opportunity by applying persistence to possibilities. So many people, they get discouraged. And instead of being persistent, they quit. God did not call you to be a quitter. He called you to be a winner. Be persistent. Let go of whatever makes you stop. I want to quote to you from a man named Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale, in the 50s, was a very famous radio speaker and author He dealt mostly with the subject of human character development. He was a motivational speaker. He was called the Dean of Personal Development. The key to success, the realization that we become what we think about. That's one of his famous quotes. He says, we become what we consistently think about. Earl Nightingale was a Christian. His favorite verse was Colossians 3, 12 to 14. This is what he said once. A young man once asked a great and famous older man, how can I make a name for myself in the world and become successful? The great and famous man replied, you have only to decide upon what it is you want to do and then stay with it, never deviating from your course, no matter how long it takes or how rough the road until you have accomplished it. Winners simply do what losers don't want to do. Say that with me. Winners simply do what losers don't want to do. You see, success is largely a matter of holding on long after other people let go. Hold on and keep going. Number four, I must be dedicated. Say that with me. Dedicated. I must be dedicated to purity. 
Philippians 3, 14b, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call. The upward call of God. First of all, my commitment to the Lord. Everybody in here, please, I'll be challenging you in a few moments. Are you committed to Jesus? Well, I believe in Jesus. I didn't ask you if you, see, I believe in the devil, but I'm not committed to the devil. There are people here this morning, you believe in God, but you're not committed to God. Because you're so busy doing what you want to do. Commitment is doing what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you set it in has worn off. Everybody say worn. Let me say that again. Commitment is doing what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you set it has worn off. What do you mean by that? Many make decisions and commitments in the heat and excitement of the moment. A lot of people come to Christ in the heat and excitement of the moment. Six months later, they're no longer serving God. A lot of people marry. They say, I do, and then they don't. That's why we have a 50% divorce rate. My commitment to the Lord, three things here. First of all, the call of the Lord. Did you know that God calls us to make disciples? Did you know that all of us who love Jesus, claim to serve Jesus, you're on a mission? You're on a mission. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, not decisions. Make disciples. Everybody say 9-11. During 9-11, there was a group of first responder firemen and policemen who watched as the South Tower fell down. As they entered the North Tower, the South Tower fell down. They looked at each other and they made a decision, we're going to stay in the North Tower. They made that decision knowing that it eventually was going to fall as well. What compelled them to give their lives? What compelled them was a focus and a mission to save lives. Not only were they on a mission, but they owned the mission. When you own, everybody say own. own. Write it down. When you own a mission, sacrifice is a given, and everything is but a shadow in comparison. When you own a mission, you do anything. Has the Great Commission captured your heart? Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always. Has that captured you? Pastor Jason, I, I, I do a lot of traveling and pastors ask me, how, how can I come up with a, with a mission statement for the church? I said, well, uh, you mean a secondary mission statement. The first one is make disciples. So we have to ask ourselves, has the Great Commission captured your heart? Does it drive you to prayer? What are you willing to sacrifice for the Great Commission? What are you willing to walk away from to serve Jesus? See, if you're going to serve Jesus, there are people and things you need to walk away from. If you're going to serve Jesus, there are people and things you need to walk towards in order to accomplish that mission. For all my 25 and under crowd, you may have to walk away from certain friends. They might be nice friends, but they're keeping you from your mission. Certain relationships. 
Let me speak to two people who are listening to me right now. What on earth are you doing going out with an unsaved guy and an unsaved girl? You're in sin if you're doing that. You need to walk away from certain desires, certain dreams. I had to walk away from religious upbringing. I grew up in a denomination with a priest. I didn't know God. Life lesson. True fulfillment. Everybody say true. True. Say it again. True. True fulfillment is the pursuit of your mission and purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me. No man, ladies, is ever going to give you fulfillment. Only Jesus. Gentlemen, look at me. No woman can give you true fulfillment. Don't ever go out or marry somebody that says, you know, you make me happy. You make my bell ring. Run! If God doesn't ring their bell, it's only a matter of time before they're human enough to let you down. True fulfillment is the pursuit of your mission and purpose. Thirdly, the call to remain pure and faithful. God wants everybody here to remain pure and faithful. Number one, to maintain holiness of character, especially when no one, say that with me, when no one is looking. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. The devil will always tell you, you know, you can get away with this. Your mom's not around. Your husband's not around. You're on vacation. You're on a business journey. Nobody's looking at you. The Holy Spirit is looking at you. Number two, the upward call of God is not only to maintain holiness of character, especially when no one's looking, but to preach slash teach the truth in spite of criticism and persecution. I want to offer this to all the graduates and faculty. A great Baptist leader named Al Mohler said, if there's no controversy in your ministry, there's probably very little content in your preaching. So in conclusion, keep going forward by doing four things. Decide on pursuit. Discern your purpose. Determine to be persistent and be dedicated to purity. Let go of whatever makes you stop. Every head bowed now, please. Every head bowed. I'm speaking primarily to friends and family. We're going to pray in a few moments. Pastor, will you join me? Father, in Jesus' name, we've come to see a graduation, but you showed up to see people's lives changed. My friend, you're going to die one day. One day, we will attend your funeral or the rapture will come. When you die, not if you die, but when you die, will you immediately be taken into the presence of Jesus? Because you're washed in the blood of Jesus and you serve the Lord with all of your heart? How many here are a million percent sure that they're saved and they're born again? If that's not you, keep your hand down. If it is you, raise up your hand. Pastor Garcia, I know I'm going to heaven. I know it. Put your hands down, please. Father, 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 I ask you in Jesus' name, save people right now. Challenge people. My friends, if you didn't raise up your hand, don't go to hell for anybody. Without Jesus, you will not go to heaven. If you can get to heaven by being nice and good, why was Jesus brutalized? And crucified. 
The answer is you can't get to heaven except through the shed blood of a suffering Jesus. We need Jesus in our lives. While every head is bowed, I am going to make a sinner's prayer. I'm going to pray like if I were you. I want to challenge you right there where you're sitting. Realize you're a sinner. Repeat these words. Repent and ask Christ to come into your life. The prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, it is with all my heart. I realize I'm a sinner. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Jesus, forgive me for all my sin and my selfishness. You shed innocent blood for all my sins. You not only died, but you resurrected from the dead. And you are alive. Because you live, come and live in my heart now. Take over my life. Change me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Receive me now as your child. I thank you, Lord. Now, while every head is bowed, if you made that prayer with me, I've asked Pastor Jason to look. Raise up your hand up high and then put it down again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Several, about 12. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering, friends. That's a good thing. Let's have another hand clap of praise for our distinguished guest, Dr. David Garcia. Thank you, Dr. David. At this time, we would like the faculty and, and Dr. Brenda to come, and we'll be conferring our diplomas. Amen.